It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Switzerland's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Switzerland squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do for the uh, players series. So um, those familiar with it can jump ahead to around three and a half to four minutes when we begin to talk about the team. Uh, the times for each section are uh, near the top of the show notes, at the top of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, uh, those include a timestamp, uh, little bars along the bottom as well as uh, in the show notes that you can click on to go directly to the point that you want. Uh, for those looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to near the end of the media cast, the last 10 minutes or so, where we summarize the likely starters. And uh, prior to that, with about 30 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad, uh, the main issues with the squad, their club affiliations on of the players, some stats and an overview of new injured and outgoing players. And we'll also be editing this media cast into a shorter version for those who are just looking for an overview. For those looking for a deep dive, you've come to the right place. We go through the players and how likely each one is to make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. And the way we do this is by organizing the players into their designated position. Uh, we always note that these are a bit artificial since players don't always play in their coded positions, but it's nevertheless a good way to organize the discussion. And then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files. And using that data, we try to predict how likely the player is to make the team based mostly on their recent participation, but a couple of other factors as well. Uh, we categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seemingly off the squad. We also mention big players who have recently retired and make note of any who are currently injured. And then we finish with a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which players will be the starters. Okay, and for those following on YouTube, we run a very simple graphic where we list the names so you can actually see the players' names in print, as it were. And it's the same broadcast for the uh, audio podcast. So uh, for listeners, we're going to try to repeat the names a few times uh, so as to help you become familiar with the players' names. And um, when they step onto the field, hopefully you'll have some familiarity with them uh, and can even impress your friends perhaps by telling them uh, a couple of details that you learned here. All right, well, that's as much as we can do to this point. But as the rosters are being published, we're going to do an update uh, episode on the teams and players. Uh, for the players, that'll essentially be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played between now and uh, the Cup, and revealing which players were selected. So we're going to wait for the um, preliminary and final squad list to come out. Uh, so keep your eye for that up, eye out for that update podcast probably in early to mid November. Okay, now on with Switzerland, and uh, we begin with takeaways from the previous podcast we've done. So uh, actually, in our very first series, we did um, a series uh, previewing the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, which was in 2021, 
and we covered uh, Swe- uh, Switzerland in that group. And we also did a podcast on the groups for this World Cup. So uh, that's been published uh, fairly recently with a, a long version and a short version there. So here are some of the things we uh, talked about uh, in the in those podcasts. So uh, we recognize that Switzerland has been a bit fortunate in their groupings, both in qualifying and in the group stage of the cup. And uh, probably have gone a little bit farther in the Cups because of that. Uh, however, I would now say they've kind of uh, lived up to that expectation. We gave them credit for consistency in uh, taking advantage of those groupings. and uh, But now they actually seem to have improved to the point where they they really are kind of a, a, a second power group, a second power in the, the group stages of the World and Euro Cups. And uh, kind of following on that, we noted that they are starting to challenge top teams. So prior to, I would say, about 2018, uh, generally they were consistent against weaker teams, which got them to cups. But, um, you know, they weren't really a match for the top teams, sometimes getting a draw off them, uh, troubling France in particular, but generally losing to uh, top teams um, in Europe and uh, in the world when it came to the World Cup. Uh, so, for example, a team like Brazil. But they did tie Brazil in the group st- uh, group stage of the 2018 World Cup. And, um, you know, that was kind of uh, maybe the beginning of uh, starting to trouble some of these top teams. They finished ahead of Italy in qualification for this cup, although they didn't actually beat them. They tied them twice and uh, their consistency earned them first place. Uh, We noted that they've often troubled France, but uh, they did beat them in the quarterfinal of the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, a very strong French team there, but uh, Switzerland beat them on penalties. And uh, most recently they uh, have beaten Portugal in the Nations League group that they're in. So starting to challenge top teams are uh, Switzerland. The next ones we'll just mention because they're more player related rather than team ones like our first two points. And we'll uh, come back to them later. So we'll kind of tease them here. Uh, We found that uh, Switzerland has maybe too many central players and not enough wide players, uh, particularly in the midfield. And finally, we note that they're a very uh, tight, I mean, cohesive squad. So um, we'll examine that once we've gone through the players and you'll have a bit more context to uh, consider that comment. Let's move on to talk about their formations in their recent games. So we'll go back to the uh, to the uh, 2021 Euro Cup. I often just say 2021 Euro Cup, even though its official title is uh, 2020 Euro Cup, but it was played in 2021. In that 2021 Euro Cup, we see that they started with kind of an unusual lineup, actually, um, for the first four games, so all the way through the group stage. It was a 3-4-1-2, so they uh, used a three-man back line, three central defenders, and then uh, four midfielders, so uh, two wingers. That was generally the defenders pushing up, actually. Uh, Just one central midfielder and two forwards. Well, they did for the first four games, but then in the fifth game, we saw them go to what seems to be their preferred lineup, uh, a 4-2-3-1. So four at the back, two central midfielders, uh, three attacking midfielders, and one forward. And in fact, they used that 
uh, pretty much all the way through the World Cup uh, qualification. That was seven games. They did mix that up a bit in games one and two. That was against uh, Italy at home and Northern Ireland away. Uh, going with, instead of the 4-2-3-1, uh, the 4-3-2-1. So a bit uh, more of a defensive formation there. Uh, and that was for the first two games. And after that, for games three to seven, so five games in a row, they went back to that uh, preferred 4-2-3-1. And uh, actually continued with that formation into the friendlies, uh, the two friendlies that they they played uh, after World Cup qualification. And finally, in Nations League, they kind of blew all that up uh, using that 4-2-3-1 formation only in game two, um, game two, which was against Portugal. Um, but they used a uh, tried out a 4-4-2 formation in game one against Ch uh, Czech Republic and a 4-3-3 formation in games three and four against Spain and Portugal respectively. So uh, I'm not sure what that means, but um, overall they have preferred that 4-2-3-1 formation. And uh, when we talk about the teams, you can generally uh, think about that. Four defenders at the back, uh, regardless, um, after their experiment with the three-man defense in the Euro Cup, and uh, generally one attacker up front, although they tried to be, I guess, more attacking in those Nations League games, excuse me. Okay, let's get on with the squad. So um, we're going to begin by talking about managers and uh, a bit of history. Uh, we'll go back to the previous manager, and that was uh, Vladimir Petkovic. So Vladimir Petkovic uh, managed um, Switzerland from 2014 to 2021, uh, taking them through three tournaments. So uh, the Euro 2016, the World Cup 2018, and the Euro 2020. So uh, fairly successful there. They um, uh, dropped out at the round of 16. So they passed the group stage every time. Dropped out at the round of 16 in the first two and uh, beat um, France in the round of 16 to reach the quarterfinal in the Euro 2020 Cup. So quite successful. Nevertheless, uh, replaced by uh, Murat Yakin um, in 2021. And so he is the uh, manager that will take them through this cup. So Murat Yakin... Um, was a manager of several teams in Switzerland uh, prior to this and also uh, managed Spartak Moscow in Russia from 2014 to 15. Uh, otherwise, all of his teams were in, um, were in Switzerland there. And uh, he himself was a player from 1994 to 2004. He earned 49 caps and four goals and was part of the uh, Euro 2004 squad. Uh, where he started and finished all games. So uh, Murat Yakin, uh, Yakin, the manager who will guide them through this tournament. Let's talk about goalkeepers. And uh, we'll begin just by listing the candidates. And we'll end by kind of summarizing the position. So we have two definite candidates. One is Jan Sommer and the other is uh, Jonas Omlin. And we also have a likely candidate in Gregor Kobel. And uh, two possible candidates. One is Yvonne Mbogo, uh, 
as a possible, and Philip Cohn as a possible also. And finally, we have David von Balmus as a possible but unlikely. So let's go back to the top and talk about Jan Sommer. So he started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for two, uh, but out with coronavirus for one and not selected for two matches. So Jan Sommer um, has been with Switzerland since 2012 and has 76 caps. Uh, he's 30, uh, 34 years old and plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach in Germany. Has been with them for a long time, since 2004, and uh, otherwise played in Switzerland. Uh, was loaned for a while to Vaduz in Liechtenstein, but I believe they play in the Swiss League anyway. Uh, his first uh, his first tournament, Jan Sommer, was the 2014 World Cup. And uh, he was on the roster there, but saw no action. The starting keeper was uh, Diego Benaglio. Uh, but he became the starting keeper for the 2016 Euro Cup and, uh, and has been the starter ever since. In the 2018 World Cup, um, he was particularly good, making a lot of excellent saves during that tournament. And um, in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, he saved the 10th and final penalty um, against France, Kylian Mbappe uh, taking that penalty. And um, uh, they were also in a shootout in the quarterfinal there, and uh, he saved a penalty in that one too. Um, uh, that was against Spain, and he saved a penalty taken by Rodri. Anyway, Jan Sommer, a definite candidate to make the squad, and uh, I'll give it all away here by saying he's probably their starter too. Uh, Jonas uh, Omlin had started two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for seven, uh, injured for the first two and not selected for two. So uh, regular call up there. Uh, he's been with the squad just since 2020, uh, despite being 28 years old, and only has four caps, um, Jonas Omlin. And he plays for Montpellier in France, and prior to that played for Basel and Luzern in Switzerland. Uh, he was on the squad for the 2020 Euro Cup, that was his first tournament, uh, but he was... Um, uh, just on the bench there, didn't see any actions and actually got uh, injured in training and um, um, was not on the bench, uh, I believe, after that. Um, okay, um, next we have, uh, oh, actually, yes, he, he went home, uh, Jonas Omlin, during that tournament and was replaced by Gregor Kobel, who we meet next. So Gregor Kobel we have as a likely candidate uh, he started three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, and he was on the bench for five others, uh, injured for one and not selected for three. So, um, yes, uh, he is actually injured, but we're going to cover that uh, at the end. He's out with a torn muscle fiber, so we'll tell you at the end if he's due to come back. Anyway, Gregor Kobel uh, has been with Switzerland since 2021, uh, so quite new to the squad, and he's 25 years old and has just three caps there. Uh, he's playing for Borussia Dortmund in Germany and has been with several teams in Germany, Stuttgart and uh, Hoffenheim. 
and um, his youth club was a grasshopper in Switzerland. So uh, he grew up in Switzerland, but moved to Germany right from the beginning of his career. Uh, he was in the Euro 2020, as I said, uh, not actually selected um, um, initially. Excuse me. He was on the preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut. But when um, Omlin was injured after game one, he came in and was on the squad, but didn't see any action there. And uh, that was his only tournament. Uh, not the case for Yvonne uh, Mvogo. Uh, he is, though, here just a possible candidate. He started none of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was on the bench for six, uh, though he was not selected for seven matches, including the last four. So seems to have drifted off the team, perhaps Kobel uh, uh, taking over um, his spot. Uh, Mvogo has been with Switzerland since 2018 and he has four caps and is 28 years old so there is a chance of him coming back into the picture. Mvogo plays for Lorient in France and prior to that was with Leipzig in Germany uh, where he was lo uh, loaned out to PSV Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Uh, as I said, he was on squads uh, prior to Kobel, uh, so he was uh, on the on the squad for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, again, uh, not getting any starts behind Jan Sommer there. And also on the squad for Euro 2020, so he was the um, other backup keeper there. Also didn't see any action. Uh, so Yvonne Mvogo uh, has a chance of getting in, but Kobel uh, uh, seems to be ahead of him. We also have a possible candidate in Philip Cohn. Uh, Philip Cohn got his first appearance on the bench in November 2021 and didn't start any of their remaining eight games, but he was on the bench for two of them and might have been for more, except he was injured for the last six matches. So... Um, He's just 24 years old. He doesn't have any caps for Switzerland yet, uh, but he is playing for uh, Red Bull Salzburg uh, in Austria, so he'll be in the Champions League this year. And um, Red Bull Salzburg and uh, was actually loaned out to uh, a smaller club in Switzerland, Will, uh, in 2020-21. But I believe he's the starting keeper uh, for Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, finally, we have uh, David Van Balmoos, who is a possible but unlikely here. He returned after an 11-month absence in October 2021 and didn't start any of their remaining 10 games, but was on the bench for four. Uh, and But he was injured for two and, like Mbogo, uh, not selected for any of the last four matches. So uh, it's never good when uh, coming up to a tournament you're suddenly not being selected anymore. So Van Bommus plays for Young Boys in Switzerland and hasn't been a part of any tournaments. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned 28 years old, but um, that is his age. All right, so we'll finish the section by kind of summarizing what's been going on in the position. So basically it's been Jan Sommer. Uh, he played all the games through the Euro Cup and the World Cup qualifiers. Um, but when it came to the friendlies, they gave some time to the backup keepers. So Omlin and Kobel uh, both started one. And the same was true in the Nations League. Omlin and Kobel each got a start. 
and uh, Jan Sommer got the other two. So it looks like uh, Jan Sommer is pretty unshiftable as the starting keeper. And my guess is they were just giving a bit of uh, experience and field time to the backup keepers there rather than considering them as a replacement. Okay, we move on to defenders and we will start with the, their many uh, central defenders. So uh, we'll go through the names first. We have Emmanuel Akanji as a definite candidate and also Ire Comer as a definite candidate. But I should say uh, right from the get-go that uh, he's a definite candidate because he's always called up, but he actually doesn't get that many starts. Uh, in fact, the players who are likely candidates get more starts, and they are Nico Alvedi and uh, Fabian Schar. So those two likely candidates. We also have uh, Leon uh, Leonidas Sturgeu as a possible candidate, and uh, two players who seem to be off the team, uh, Bessir Omaracic, uh, sorry, seems to be off the team, and uh, Cedric uh, Zesiger. Um, okay, let's go back to the, oh my goodness, I've been putting them in the wrong section here. Uh, so just uh, taking a moment to fix that up here. Okay, we're talking about central defenders. So uh, let's go to Manuel uh, Akanji. Um, as the uh, definite candidate, he started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was on the bench for one, injured for one, uh, suspended for one, and not selected for three others. So I wonder if I've uh, maybe misclassified him because that's really the description of a... Um, uh, a likely candidate, but perhaps I bunched him up, uh, bumped him up because of his club affiliation, uh, playing for Manchester City, uh, recently moved to Manchester City in 2022 and was with Borussia Dortmund in Germany before that. So two top clubs there. Uh, he moved to Borussia Dortmund in 2018 from Basel in Switzerland and played for Swiss clubs. Uh, throughout his youth and early career. So Manuel Akanji um, his, uh, has been with the team since 2017 and has 42 caps and one goal. He's 27 years old. And his first tournament was the 2018 World Cup. So there Manuel Akanji was uh, a starter, started and finished uh, all the games there. And... Um, in the 2020 Euro Cup, he was also a starter, starting and finishing all games there, uh, uh, playing as one of the three defenders in the three-man backline that we saw they used uh, through most of that tournament. Uh, so Manuel Akanji, a definite candidate. Uh, so is uh, Ire Comer, despite not really being a starter. Ire Comer started only three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. However, he was on the bench for eight others and injured for two games. So uh, it seems like he's always called up, uh, even though uh, he's only rarely selected as a starter. E. Ray Comert has been with Switzerland since 2019 and has nine caps. He's just 24 years old and plays for Valencia in Spain since 2022. So that's a recent move from uh, Basel in Switzerland, and uh, he too uh, has played all of his career in Switzerland prior to that move to Spain. 
in terms of tournaments, he was selected. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm not sure if I gave his um, uh, caps. In 2019, he's been on the squad with nine caps. I think I did say that. Anyway, uh, his first tournament was the Euro 2020 there, but he didn't see uh, any action in that cup. In fact, he wasn't even on the bench for uh, one of the games. Um, and I'll explain that just because it may run through the whole podcast. Um, I can't remember exactly the number. I think they were allowed to bring 26 players uh, for some of the tournaments last summer. It was even 28, but they were still only allowed to put 23 on the bench. And uh, so they had to leave a couple of players every time um, uh, kind of off the squad. So anyway, we move on to the likely candidates, Nico Alvedi. So Nico Alvedi started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for three, injured for two. Wow, a lot of these players uh, uh, have gone through injuries. Uh, injured for two and not selected for two others. So um, that makes him likely in our books. Uh, Nico Alvedi has been with Switzerland since 2016 and has 40 caps and one goal. And he's 26 years old, playing for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in Germany for a long time since 2015. And uh, like so many we've talked about with uh, Swiss clubs before that. So FC Zurich in his case. Uh, his first tournament was in 2016, where he was on the roster but saw no action in that Euro Cup. And same is true for the 2018 World Cup, on the roster but saw no action. Uh, however, in two, in, for the Euro 2022, he did start and finish all five games playing as part of that three-man defence. So uh, Nico Alvedi working his way into the team and a likely candidate here. Um, and uh, also likely, we have Fabian Schar, actually the most veteran among the players we've talked about. Uh, we consider him likely because he started five of their 13 games since the Euro Cup in 2021. He was subbed in for one and on the bench for three, uh, injured for two and suspended for one other. So actually an argument uh, for him to be uh, a definite candidate and being the veteran he is, uh, probably is, but just five of 13 starts there had us considering him likely rather than definite. Fabian Schar has been with Switzerland since 2013 and has 72 caps and eight goals. He's 31 years old and plays for Newcastle uh, in England. He's been around a bit, actually. Fabian Schar, uh, he also played for uh, Deportivo La Coruna in Spain and Hoffenheim in Germany. Uh, before moving from Basel in Switzerland. So Fabian Schaar uh, was part of the squad for the 2014 World Cup. He didn't appear in games one and two there, but gained a starting position um, uh, gained a starting position for games three and four. And uh, actually they allowed seven goals uh, Switzerland in uh, that 2014 World Cup, but only one of them was scored under his watch. So uh, it looks like he bolstered the defense quite a bit there. He was a starter in the 2016 Euro Cup, where he actually scored one of their goals, uh, the only goal of a uh, one nothing win over Albania there. And for the 2018 World Cup, he was a starter, um, but he was suspended for game four of that tournament. That was their win over France. 
a starter also in the Euro 2020. However, he lost his starting position uh, um, in that tournament and um, uh, just subbed into a couple of games uh, after that. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we review the position. He also missed a penalty uh, in the Game 5 losing shootout against uh, Spain, the goalkeeper saving that shot. So Fabian Schar, a likely candidate to reach the cup. And uh, we'll move on to Leonidas uh, Sturgeu. Uh, so Leonidas Sturgeu um, got his only uh, first and only appearance as a substitute in June 2022. So uh, always a bit difficult to know uh, what to make of these players who come in right at the end. But we'll uh, maybe check up on him in the update podcast to see if he's continued playing. Uh, for Switzerland. So just one cap in 2022, and he is just 20 years old and plays for St. Gallen in Switzerland. Um, so yeah, kind of in a vague possible uh, category there. Uh, Bessir Omaradzic uh, last appeared for the national team in June 2021. And um, uh, yes, in June 2021. So uh, he was part of the Euro Cup squad, but I'm getting ahead of myself there. So uh, he has just four caps for the squad. He was uh, on the team first in 2020 and then gone in 2021. But he's only uh, 20 years old, um, Omar Rajid, so we might see him uh, uh, in the future. He plays for FC Zurich in Switzerland. And, and despite his short spell uh, with Switzerland, he was chosen for the... Uh, 2020 uh, Euro Cup, he was uh, on the roster, but not on the bench for any of the five games. So uh, I'm not sure what that means. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, they didn't necessarily or they, they weren't able to uh, bring all their players to the bench. They had to make a selection. Finally, we have uh, Cedric Zesiger, and he's also uh, seems to be off the team. He got his first cap in September 21. 2021 and uh, started one of their remaining 13 games and was on the bench for two others but um disappeared after that and was not selected for the last 10 matches so he is a 24 year old who plays for young boys in switzerland just that one cap for him so no tournaments all right let's review the position and uh, as we noted it was a three-man uh back line a three-man central defense in the in the euro cup uh, akanji and elvedi played all of the games in the cup and uh Char was in the center for the first two games but then Char disappeared and uh left back uh ricardo rodriguez uh was the left side of that three-man defense for the next two games and then in game five they, they went back to a four-man back line, so just two central defenders. Um, and it was uh, Akanji and Alvedi. And they continued for the first three games of World Cup qualifying. And then Shar kind of came back into the picture. So it was a rotation of players, Akanji, Alvedi, and Shar. And um, oddly, the central midfielder Frey kind of came into the rotation after that in the last game of World Cup qualifying and then in one of the friendlies too. 
Uh, Comert also showed up in one of the friendlies. And um, in the Nations League games in June, it was a rotation of all five of those players, Akanji, Elvedi, Shar, Frey, and Comert, and none of them playing more than uh, two of the four games there. Okay, so that uh, leaves us with kind of a rotating uh, a rotating um, group of central defenders. And uh, let us move on to left backs here. Um, left. Oh, my fingers are not working. I'm just correcting the... Uh, I'm usually a good typer. I'm an English teacher, for God's sakes. But uh, I'm having a bit of trouble with my fingers here. Okay, left backs. Um, okay, well, for candidates, we have Ricardo Rodriguez. He's a definite uh, candidate. And we also have uh, Ulysses Garcia coming back into the team. And uh, Loris Benito... Um, seemingly off the squad. So three candidates here uh, for left back. And um, let's look at Ricardo Rodriguez. So he's a real veteran with the squad. We have him as a definite because he started 11 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, subbed in for two and in, oh, sorry, subbed in for one and injured for one. So always called up. Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. He has recently uh, hit 100 caps. So 100 caps and nine goals uh, since 2011 for Ricardo Rodriguez. And he's 30 years old. Uh, he currently plays for Torino in Italy uh, since 2020, having moved from AC Milan uh, in Italy there and also played for Wolfsburg in Germany before moving uh from FC Zurich in 2012. Uh, his first uh, tournament was the 2014 World Cup and he was kind of a starter right from the beginning there. Uh, so he started every tournament, um, 2014 and 2018 World Cups and 2016 and 2020 Euro Cups uh, there. He's actually missed a couple of penalties um, uh, in his career, so he's he's a penalty taker, but uh, he missed a penalty against San Marino during 2016 uh, qualifying and uh, missed a penalty uh, against France. Uh, that wasn't in the shootout. Uh, that was actually in the in the in the game, uh, 55 minutes into the game against France, but they won it uh, in the shootout. Uh, and he had also missed a penalty in qualifying uh, during Euro 2020. So it uh, doesn't sound that trustworthy as a penalty taker, but they have allowed him to take penalties, so he must uh, usually score them. Uh, anyway, Ricardo Rodriguez, the um, steady uh, left back for many years. Uh, Ulysses Garcia uh, returned after a more than four-year absence in September 2021, and he didn't start any of their remaining games, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for three. However, um, he did not. Uh, he was not selected for any of the last six matches, so seemed to uh, come and go there. Ulysses Garcia um, um, played for Young Boys in Switzerland and was with Werder Bremen in Germany before that, and uh, he hasn't been a part of any tournament uh, there. So, kind of came in during qualifying. Um, 
there and uh, uh, now seems to be off the team again. Uh, Loris Benito also seems to be off the team. He last appeared for the national squad in the uh, 2021 Euro Cup. So Loris Benito was with Switzerland from 2018 and has 13 caps and one goal. He's 30 years old. Uh, he plays for young boys in Switzerland. That's his second spell with them, moving to them quite recently. Um, was with Sion in Switzerland. But before that, with uh, Bordeaux uh, in France and earlier in his career, played for Benfica in Portugal. So uh, Loris Benito, though, now seemingly off the squad. There is a, a chance of him coming back, uh, especially since they don't really seem to have a backup uh, left back here. So I'll finish with a summary of the position. Um, they didn't actually use uh, the position of left-back in the cup, in the uh, Euro Cup, uh, with that three-man defence for most of the tournament. So uh, Rodrigo's, uh, I think he spent two games playing as a left wing-back, so more of a winger role there. And then throughout qualifying, it was uh, Rodrigo's playing as a left-back, and actually right-back uh, Widmer came over once to fill the position. And um, uh, Lotomba is also a right-back. He filled the position once during the friendlies, but uh, it was Rodriguez in all of the Nations League games. So uh, a pretty steady fixture there at the back, though uh, seemingly uh, it's the right-backs who are used uh, when he's not available rather than the two left-backs that we talked about here. And moving on to right-backs, uh, those names I just mentioned uh, are the ones here. And uh, we have Stephen Widmer as a definite candidate and uh, Kevin Mbabu as a likely, oh, no, sorry, a possible candidate and Jordan Latomba also as a possible candidate. Um, Jordan Latomba, though, despite being uh, coded as a right back, uh, we saw he started as a left back. That was in one of his two starts. And in the other, he was a left attacking midfielder. So he's played anything but right back. Nevertheless, he's coded that way. So we'll deal with him uh, here. Uh, Stephen Widmer. Um, started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and he subbed in for two and was on the bench for one so just one match that he wasn't selected for and he's been with Switzerland Stephen Widmer for uh, since 2014 and has 33 caps and two goals he's currently 29 years old and Stephen Widmer plays for Mainz in Germany and um, he was with Basel uh, before that, but prior to Basel, uh, was with Udinese in Italy from 2013 to 18. He also played uh, in Spain with Granada. And uh, his first cap was in 2014, but he seemed to have trouble getting onto the squad, wasn't selected uh, for the 2014 World Cup, but was selected for the dread standby squad, which means you're you're kind of in limbo, kind of selected and not selected. Uh, it turned out to be not selected in that case because he didn't play any games in the 2014 World Cup. In the 2016 Euro Cup, he was selected for the preliminary squad but didn't make the final cut. And the same was true for the World Cup. So poor Sylvan Widmer uh, always coming close but not making it until 2020 
for the Euro 2020, where he uh, did make the final squad. And actually, after being subbed into game two, uh, he got a starting position for the last three games there. So um, uh, actually playing on the left side there, even though he's coded as a right midfielder um, in general. So uh, Stephen Widmer, a definite candidate for this tournament. So his days of coming close but missing seem to be over. Uh, Kevin and Babu started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for one and on the bench for three and not selected for five others. So uh, Kevin and Babu has been with Switzerland since 2018 and a healthy 22 caps uh, for the 27-year-old. He hasn't scored a goal. Uh, he's currently with Fulham in England since 2022, a recent move from Wolfsburg in Germany. And um, he did play for young boys in Switzerland before Wolfsburg, but was abroad prior to that with Newcastle uh, in England and Rangers in Scotland, where he was uh, loaned to. So uh, been around a bit, Kevin and Babu, in terms of European countries. Uh, his first tournament was the Euro 2020, where he was actually a starter in games one and two, but then lost his starting position, uh, as we saw, to uh, to uh, Vidmer. Um, but he too lined up on the left side. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm uh, accurate there. Uh, anyway, it's something I'd have to check, but not really a big deal. Perhaps it was the right side because I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm mistaken. And neither he or uh, Widmer were on the left side. They were both on the right side. Something's wrong with my uh, center direction there. Uh, okay, anyway, uh, Kevin and Babu um, got an assist in that tournament, by the way, with a good cross in the Euro 2020. Uh, so a possible candidate here. Also possible is Jordan Lotomba. He started two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for three and on the bench for three. Uh, but there were five matches he wasn't selected for, just like uh, Kevin Mbabu. Uh, so Jordan Lotomba has been with Switzerland since 2020. He has seven caps and one goal and is 24 years old. He plays for Nice in France and uh, was with uh, clubs in Switzerland uh, all of the time before that, uh, after moving to France in 2020 from young boys in Switzerland. So Jordan Latomba, a possible candidate. And we'll finish by summarizing the uh, position. Uh, it's, it's um, again, the position wasn't used in the cup until game five. Um, and I believe Widmer played uh, on the right wing uh, for all of those games, the first four, uh, sorry, either Widmer or Mbabu. Mbabu for the first two and Widmer for the uh, games three and four, playing in a wing-back position, so a defender moving up to the wing, uh, midfield wing. And um, uh, in the World Cup qualification, it was Widmer for four games and Mbabu for two games. They also shared the friendlies uh, and for Nations League, it was two uh, starts for Widmer and uh, one start for Mbabu. There were times when there wasn't a, a right back position in those uh, tournaments too. So it generally seems to be uh, Widmer a little more than Mbabu, but an argument could be made that they're kind of sharing the position. Uh, 
Jordan Latombo only has two starts, as I said, as a left back and a left attacking midfielder. Uh, so seems to be more of a bench player and not really in the rotation as a right back. Okay, well, that is the end of defenders. And we're going to move on to midfielders. So um, we usually combine defensive midfielders and central midfielders because their roles uh, often overlap. And uh, we'll begin with a, a veteran who's been off the team. Um, uh, but uh, was a, a firm starter in this position for a long time. So we'll uh, talk about him and, and talk about probably the hole that he's left. Um, uh, Valen Benrami, uh, sorry, Valen Benrami, uh, he's actually coded as a central midfielder uh, and secondarily as a defensive midfielder. And uh, we only have one actual candidate in as a defensive midfielder, and that is uh, Denny Zakaria, uh, who we, co we have as a possible candidate. So we'll come back to him, but we'll just run through the central midfielders uh, also, um, in the central midfield, we have Remo Freuler um, as a definite candidate, as well as Granit Xhaka. And we also have Jibril Sao as a definite candidate. And we even have a likely candidate in uh, Fabian Fry, who we saw playing as a central defender um a few times during this period and finally we have one possible but unlikely candidate in um uh, castriot imeri all right let's go back and uh start with valon berami so um he's a veteran with the team uh he uh was with switzerland from 2005 to 18 and had 83 caps uh, by now, he's 37 years old and is retired from club soccer as well as international. Uh, he got his first tournament in 2016, but wasn't a starter there. Uh, but from the 2008 Euro Cup uh, all the way to the 2018 World Cup, he was a starter. Let me correct that, actually. He wasn't in the 2010 World Cup either, but for four tournaments uh, was a starter in the central midfield, uh, but wasn't uh, was was um, off the team by the time the Euro 2020 came around. So perhaps they're used to him being gone. But uh, let's wave a fond farewell to Valon Bayrami, uh, who has 83 caps for Switzerland, and uh, we'll start to look at the players who replace him beginning with the possible defensive midfielder, uh, Denny Zachariah. And uh, Denny Zachariah started five of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. And he was subbed in for one, suspended for one, injured for two, but then not selected for the last four matches. So uh, again, never good uh, coming up to a cup. So Denny Zachariah has been with Switzerland since 2016 and has 42 caps and three goals. He is uh, 26 years old and he plays for Juventus in Italy. Uh, that's a recent move uh, since 2022. Uh, he was actually, oh, he's actually currently on loan to Chelsea uh, in England since 2022. I haven't seen him uh, on the field yet, I don't think. Uh, anyway, prior to uh, Juventus and, and Chelsea there, he was with Borussia Mönchengladbach in Germany from 2017 to 22. 
uh, and in Switzerland before that. Um, his first tournament was the 2016 Euro Cup, but he didn't see any action uh, in that tournament. It was actually a bit of a surprise that he had been uh, chosen since he had only played in two friendlies for Switzerland uh, prior to that selection. Uh, for the 2018 World Cup, he was uh, subbed into a couple of games, but not a starter. Uh, and also true for the Euro 2020, uh, uh, subbed into a couple of games, and he actually scored an own goal in that tournament. Uh, so it looks like Denny Zachariah has uh, uh, always had a bit of trouble uh, making it onto the squad. He usually makes it to tournaments, but doesn't seem to see a lot of time in those tournaments. And rather, it's the central midfielders uh, who are getting the starts here. So let's uh, go to central midfielders and talk about the three definite candidates. Remo Freuler uh, has started 10 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. And he was subbed in for two and not selected for one other. So uh, fairly consistently chosen to start. Uh, Remo Freuler has been with Switzerland since 2017. And he has 48 caps and five goals and is 30 years old. He plays for Nottingham Forest uh, in England. That's a recent move in 2022, having been with Atalanta in Italy for six years before that. Uh, moved over from Luzerne in Switzerland uh, in 2016 to Atalanta. Uh, for the 2018 World Cup, he was on the roster but saw no action. Um, he had participated a lot in qualifying. He actually had played uh, seven of their nine games um, in 2017 and three of their four friendlies in 2018. So a bit surprising that he didn't show up on the field. Uh, but he did in, in the Euro 2020, where he was actually a starter. Uh, he started all five games there, but uh, he did receive a red card in game five against Spain. Uh, a, a kind of a harsh decision on a rough sliding tackle, which he jumped into. Uh, but he didn't go in studs up and he got a lot of the ball. So uh, we felt it was a, a, a pretty tough call against him. So Remo Freuler now seems to be well established in the squad um, uh, as a starter even. Granite Jacka also a definite candidate, but he only started six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was on the bench for one and not selected for two matches actually and injured for four. So injury playing a bit of a role there. Um, I have him as captain. He was captain of the team uh, during Euro 2020. Um, uh, I'm not sure if he still is, but uh, uh, he could be. Uh, Granit Xhaka has been with Switzerland since 2011, and he has 106 caps and 12 goals and is uh, 30 years old. So he's been with Arsenal in England since 2016 and was with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in Germany for uh, four years before that uh, and uh, kind of came through Basel's youth club and that was his first club too. Uh, actually his brother plays for Albania and uh, anyone who knows Xhaka will know that he's uh, an Albanian patriot, sometimes gets in trouble for things like goal celebrations uh, and stuff like that. But uh, he has been with the team since the 2014 World Cup in terms of tournaments. So despite being on the team since 2011, 
uh, didn't make the 2012 Euro Cup, but he was a starter in the 2014 um, uh, World Cup and also in the 2016 Euro Cup where he missed a penalty in their shootout against Poland in the round of 16 uh, there. For the 2018 World Cup, he was a starter and uh, got in trouble for a goal celebration uh, against Serbia, uh, laid a fine for that and um, uh, received, I think, a red card in their qualifying uh, campaign there. Um, for the Euro 2020, he was the captain and uh, started and finished all five games there. He got two yellow cards in that tournament too, uh, both of them for dissension. And I think he was suspended for uh, for the game four against France there. So it looks like they had two players suspended for that game, but still won it on penalties. Uh, okay, Granite Xhaka, a definite candidate in central midfield. Sometimes he moves up more to a, 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 a central attacking midfield role too. Uh, Jabril Sao is the final candidate who we have as a definite and he started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and he was subbed in for five and on the bench for one. So always selected uh, Jabril Sao. Uh, he plays for, uh, he's been with Switzerland since 2018 and has 32 caps and is 25 years old. So Jabril Sau plays for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany and um, was with young boys before that, but also played for Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, in Germany, actually uh, with uh, their youth club as well, although he was with uh, Zurich, Zurich's youth club and uh, played for them in his early career. So it seemed to be a bit back and forth between the two clubs there. Um, he didn't make it to the uh, 2018 World Cup, Jibril Sao, but did uh, uh, was selected for the Euro 2020, where he was subbed into two games there and um, uh, has worked his way more into the squad, getting more starts uh, in the period that we're talking about. So uh, those three central midfielders, we'll see how they kind of sort each other out uh, there because we also have uh, Fabian Frey as a likely candidate, so a fourth uh, central midfielder. He's actually coded as a defensive midfielder, uh, so less of a surprise that he uh, played as a central defender uh, a few times. He did also play as a... Uh, as a um, defensive midfielder I think in a in a formation where there was just one man in central defense kind of a stopper role uh, Fabian Frey so a very defensive minded midfielder nevertheless uh, he returned after a three and a half year absence in September 2021 and started five of their remaining games as well as subbing into two and being on the bench for uh, for five, so returned immediately after the Euro Cup there and was uh, called up for all but one game there, Fabian Fry. So he's been with the team since 2011 and has 22 caps and three goals. Uh, one of the senior members on the team at uh, 33 years old now, and he's recently moved back to, uh, not recently, he moved back to Basel in Switzerland for his second stint with them 
That was in 2018. Uh, he had been with Mainz in Germany for three years uh, in between his two stints with uh, Basel, uh, which was also his youth club. Uh, Fabian Frey um, actually had 62 uh, games and 25 <laughs> goals in his uh, underage career so for the uh, underage 16 to uh, 21 also played for the under 23 team so played a lot of games for them and was part of the olympics actually uh in 2012 that was the first time switzerland reached the olympics since 1924. Uh, anyway i usually don't get into the youth stuff uh but he was uh not selected for the uh, 2014 World Cup, rather on the dread standby squad. And in the 2016 Euro Cup, he appeared only in game one where he was subbed in. So uh, trouble getting onto the squad. He also wasn't selected for the 2018 World Cup. As we saw, he was kind of absent from the team uh, during that time and also for the 2020 Euro Cup. Uh, so really just came back into the picture after the uh, 2020 Euro Cup there in September 2021. So Fabian Fry uh, has trouble kind of uh, getting onto the team, uh, but we do consider him likely to make this tournament, uh, although probably not a starter. Uh, okay, uh, we have then just uh, the possible but unlikely candidate, uh, Castriot and Emery to talk about and he got his first cap in November 2021 and didn't start any of their remaining eight games uh, there but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one and then he disappeared for the last six matches so uh, probably not uh, for this cup but he's only 22 years old so uh, a chance of him uh, coming into the picture uh, a bit down the road and a slim chance of making this cup especially since he has uh, four candidates at likely or definite above him. Uh, Castriot Emery plays for Young Boys in Switzerland, and um, we might be seeing him in the future. Uh, meanwhile, we've covered a lot of players in defensive midfielders and central midfielders, so let me tell you the situation there. Uh, usually it's a two-man uh, it's a two-man uh, central midfielder. That could be just like the 4-2-1-3 where it's just two, or it could be four midfielders with two in the center. Uh, sometimes it's one central midfielder, as we saw when I was talking about Fabian Fry, and that, that it would be a three-man midfield. I don't think they've used a, a stopper position like in a 4-1-4-1. Uh, but um, I think Fry has played that position when it's been one of them. Anyway, in the cup, it was Froehler and Xhaka, and um, Zachariah replaced uh, Xhaka when he was suspended for the last game. Uh, yes, it was Fry as the one-man central midfielder. Uh, that was in the first two games of World Cup qualifying, and then after that, it was uh, Froehler and Zachariah as the central pairing. I believe Zaka was playing... Uh, was on the field but playing a bit further upfield when Froehler and Zachariah were uh, the central pairing. And uh, uh, Sal replaced, uh, Jibril Sal replaced Zachariah once in that pairing. Uh, in the friendlies, it was a bit of a mix there, Froehler and Zaka, and then Zaka and Sal. And in Nations League, uh, those two, uh, as well as Zaka, playing in a one-man central midfield for the last two, 
So uh, it seems to be a bit of a mix-up uh, right now. But anyway, we have the cast of candidates, basically Froiler, Xhaka, and Sao. And uh, it almost seems like Sao uh, kind of took over as the third option from Zachariah. Uh, Zachariah in there uh, early in this period and Sao coming in more later. Well, I hope that wasn't too confusing. And I gotta say, I'm simplifying these uh, as much as I can because uh, when I look at them game by game, uh, it sometimes gets pretty complex. So I'm trying to write summaries that uh, that simplify it. Anyway, uh, in terms of simplifying, we've divided the the uh, outside midfielders into into basically three parts. Uh, one is the left and right defensive midfielders, which they rarely use. And then we're going to talk about left and right wingers. And then we're going to talk about left and right attacking midfielders. So kind of uh, dividing up the midfield to, to help make more sense of it. But we can deal with the defensive midfielders fairly quickly here because uh, we only have one candidate actually. And, uh, and also they rarely use the uh, three-man midfield. Uh, where we have right and left kind of defensive midfielders. So um, I'll start by just introducing the one candidate that we have, and that's uh, Michel Abisher. And we have him as a definite uh, left defensive midfielder. And uh, he's the only candidate there. And as a right defensive midfielder, um, we don't have any candidates. So you may wonder what's going on. And, uh, well, what's going on is now you see why we have so many central midfielders, because it's usually uh, central midfielders that kind of push out to these positions. So I'll explain that a little more after I go through my Michelle Abisher here. So Michelle Abisher uh, is a definite candidate, despite only starting two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. But uh, he's always called up. He was uh, subbed in for five games and on the bench for the six others. That's why we have him as a definite candidate. But here's a good example of why our categories, uh, a definite category doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a starter. So Michel Abisher uh, has been with the Switzerland squad since 2019 and has 11 caps and uh, is 25 years old. And he plays for Bologna in Italy. That's a recent move since 2022. And he was with the young boys in Switzerland before that, actually loaned to Bologna before actually signing with them. So young boys is uh, his youth club and his first club. And uh, in terms of tournaments, he did not make the uh, 2020 Euro Cup, so he doesn't have any tournaments under his belt. And yet he's been uh, selected regularly since that tournament. So that is uh, the only candidate here. So let's talk about left and right defensive midfielders. Uh, so the position uh, was only used once in the three-man midfield. Uh, sorry, it's only used in the three-man midfield. And that three-man midfield formation has happened four times. Uh, so on the left side, um, it's been central midfielder Jabril Sao and defensive midfielder Zachariah. 
um, in the World Cup qualification games where they use that formation. And then Abishur and Jabril Sow in Nations League. So uh, generally played by a central midfielder, uh, as we said, and uh, Sow has done it twice. On the right, it's a bit more consistent. It's uh, been Froiler twice, so he's to a central midfielder. And Abisher uh, popped up on that side too, so he played both right and left uh, midfielder. Otherwise, it's been Froiler uh, in three of the four times they've used that formation. Okay, uh, let's move on now to wingers. I don't know why I put the whole bio on the graphic for uh, uh, <laughs> for Michelle Abisher. I hope that didn't hurt your eyes, YouTube listeners. Okay, let's go to wingers. And for left wingers, we have uh, Ruben Vargas as a um, likely candidate. And uh, for right wingers, just like defensive midfielders, we don't have any... Uh, players coded as a right midfielder. So again, we'll talk about Ruben Vargas and then talk about the position. So Ruben Vargas started uh, five of their, uh, sorry, six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for two and on the bench for two uh, and injured actually for the last three matches. Uh, we don't need to deal with that injury though. Uh, it was a muscle injury and he was back playing with this club by late August. So um, Ruben Vargas um, back in action. Uh, Ruben Vargas has been with Switzerland since 2019 and has 26 caps and four goals, just 24 years old. Uh, he plays for Augsburg in Germany, uh, having moved there from Luzerne in 2019. So Luzerne was his first club, first senior club as well as his last youth club. Um, so Ruben Vargas, uh, his first tournament was the 2020 Euro Cup there. He uh, was a substitute, but he subbed into uh, four of the five games there. And he also scored a, a penalty in the winning shootout against France. However, he missed a penalty in the losing shootout against Spain in game five there. He shot off target. And um, yeah, and uh, uh, I, I'm finished. I have nothing more to say about Ruben Vargas, though. I'm stuttering over my words because I was kind of looking for something to add. But there is nothing. So let's summarize the position of left winger and right winger. So um, in the three-man defense of the cup, uh, we had kind of uh, left and right wingers. And uh, it was um, on the left, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez moving up to play two of the games. And then uh, Zuber, who we're going to meet soon, um, an attacking midfielder, uh, played the position, um, took over the, for the position there. Uh, otherwise, the position was only used in a 4-4-2 formation, which they used once in the Nations League, and Vargas did play that position. Uh, we have no right-wingers to talk about, so on the right side, it was always the right-backs who came up. To, to play on the wing. So in the four games of the uh, of the uh, Euro Cup, it, it was Widner, Widmer and Mbabu uh, sharing that position. And in the One Nations League games, it was uh, Jibril Sow, who seems to pop up all over the place, uh, uh, playing it there. 
So that's the winger position, not used much. Um, um, you might want to keep that in mind for a later discussion, uh, that they, they don't use that winger position much. Meanwhile, we'll move on to uh, left attacking midfielders, uh, slash left forward. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but sometimes these uh, attacking midfielders do play as a left forward in a 4-3-3. Uh, um, and we begin with just one candidate here, uh, Stephen Zuber, as a likely candidate. And uh, Stephen Zuber uh, started six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for four besides and injured for two, so just one match he wasn't called up for. And he has been with the team since 2017, but has 51 caps and 10 goals. Uh, he is 31 years old, Stephen Zuber, and currently plays for AEK Athens in Greece. That's a recent move, actually, uh, in 2022 from Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, although he was on loan to AEK Athens uh, uh, in 2021-22. And uh, prior to Frankfurt, was with several clubs in Germany, uh, Hoffenheim and loan to Stuttgart. He also played for uh, Seska Moscow in Russia. Uh, he moved there in 2013 from his Swiss team, which was Grasshoppers, his uh, last youth club and first senior club. So Steven Zuber um, was actually around for a long time before he got his first cap. Uh, he was part of that uh, 2012 Olympic team uh, there uh, as a under-23 player. Uh, he wasn't selected for the 2014 World Cup, although he may have been... Uh, uh, around at that time as a candidate um, but it actually took until 2018 to get his first tournament and there he started uh, he was a starter um, except uh, game three where he didn't appear uh, he was also uh, on the 2020 Euro squad and uh, wasn't a starter there he actually subbed into game two and then gained the starting position for the remaining three games uh, there he uh, made a tremendous assist against Turkey in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup and had a good tournament in general and um, uh, is a likely candidate here on the upper left side of the pitch and we'll move over to the right side where it's uh, Stefan Renato um, I'll just go through the candidates though Stefan Renato as a definite and Christian Fasnacht as a, a player who's seem, seemingly off the squad. So just two players to talk about here, beginning with Stefan, uh, sorry, Renato Stefan, what am I talking about? Uh, Renato Stefan started uh, six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, uh, but he was also subbed in for five and on the bench for two. So always called up, which is why we have him as a definite candidate to make the squad. And uh, he has been with the team since 2015 with 27 caps and one goal. And uh, he is 31 years old, just like Steve, uh, Steven Zuber. And um, similar in their tournament history, which we'll get to shortly here. We'll just go through his club uh, history. So he's with Lugano in Switzerland, uh, moving back there in 2022, but was with Wolfsburg in Germany from 2018 to 2022 uh, and was with uh, Basel and Young Boys in Switzerland uh, prior to that. 
so Renato Stefan also had trouble uh, getting into the squad. He was selected for the preliminary squad for the 2016 Euro Cup, uh, but didn't make it and also didn't make the 2018 World Cup or the 20, uh, 2020 Euro Cup. So hasn't been involved in a tournament, um, uh, Stefan Renato, uh, but is a definite candidate for this cup. Okay, and uh, we also have Christian Fashnacht. So he started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for four, but then he was not selected for the last eight matches. So seems to have uh, drifted off the team there. Christian Fashnacht uh, has been with uh, Switzerland since 2018, uh, 15 caps and four goals in that time, and is 28 years old, so there is room for him to uh, come back into the squad. Uh, he plays for young boys in Switzerland since 2017 and has been with uh, clubs in Switzerland for his whole career. And uh, he didn't make the 2018 World Cup, but did uh, did the 2020 Euro Cup, where he was uh, a substitute, just subbed into uh, two games there. And um, uh, Christian Fachnacht, though, uh, seemingly off the squad. So we'll check the update uh podcast to see if he made it back uh, in the games leading up to the tournament here so uh sorry i didn't summarize the left side so I'll, I'll go back to the left side and summarize that and then on the right so actually the left attacking midfielder and right attacking midfielder are quite common uh as switzerland prefer the 4-2-3-1 formation so three uh, attacking midfielders there and uh, on the right side, it's, sorry, on the left side, it was uh, Zuber uh, in the last game of the World Cup qualifying and in much, uh, sorry, in the last game of the um, of the Euro Cup and in much of the World Cup qualifying. But uh, Vargas, the left winger uh, we've just talked about, Ruben Vargas, uh, shared the position increasingly. And now it seems like a rotation of uh, Zuber and Vargas, and we noted earlier that the right back Lotomba, who plays anywhere but right back, uh, also started once in this position. Uh, on the right side, it's more consistently uh, Renato Stefan, although the forward uh, Okafor did uh, replace him two times. Um, but usually uh, on the left side, um, uh, usually for the uh, attacking midfielders. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, when it's a, a left forward or a right forward, it's usually a different player, not these uh, attacking midfielders moving up to play as left and right forward. So we'll talk about that when we get to um, uh, the players, the forward line. And speaking of forwards, we're moving on to uh, to that section of the podcast. And, and we include attacking midfielders uh, in the forward line. And so for attacking midfielders, we have uh, Zerdan Shakiri as a, a likely candidate. Some may be surprised by that, but I'll tell you why soon. And we also have uh, Mattia Botani as a possible candidate. And finally, uh, Ed Nielsen, Eddie Nielsen Fernandez as a player who is seemingly off the squad. 
So let's go back and take a look at Zerdan Shakiri. Now, uh, he's actually coded as a right midfielder, and he does tend towards the right side, uh, but more often he plays as a central attacking midfielder. And uh, he is the player when it's a, a right forward uh, who is often in the position. Um, often uh, there, because they don't always use a central attacking midfielder, though they do most of the time. Anyway, you'll find him up at the top of the field, Zerdan Shakiri. He started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for three, um, but he wasn't selected for uh, three matches also. Uh, so not a consistent starter, uh, not as much as I... I would have thought, actually. Um, he has been with Switzerland since 2010, and he's a real veteran with 108 caps and 26 goals, and is 31 years old now. And uh, I wondered, actually, if his current club, Chicago Fire in the USA, um, uh, might uh, make him a less likely candidate, because uh, sometimes when European players move to play in the United States, it's, it's, it's kind of seen as a retirement village. Uh, anyway, he's been with Chicago Fire since 2022 and was with Lyon in France before that and Liverpool in England from 2018 to 21. Uh, Stoke before that in England and Bayern Munich from 2012 to 15. He moved from Basel in Switzerland uh, in 2012 to Bayern Munich. And he was part of the 2010 World Cup, uh, though he only appeared briefly in Game 3 there. Um, and uh, But by the time the World Cup in 2014 came around, he was uh, a starter. So I don't know what happened there with the uh, 2012 Euro Cup, but he was on the Olympic team, so perhaps they're chosen for that instead. So a starter in the World Cup, he scored three of their seven goals there. Uh, actually, he scored a hat-trick uh, against Honduras, all three of their goals in a 3-0 win over Honduras. And in the 2016 Euro Cup, he scored a, a late tying goal on a stunning bicycle, uh, stunning bicycle kick uh, from the top of the box against Poland. Um, so he's been uh, kind of looking good for them in tournaments, especially. 2018 uh, World Cup. He also got in trouble along with uh, Xhaka for uh, the, the eagle symbol in support of Albania uh, celebration. Uh, but he was a uh, declared man of the match uh, in their second game in 2018. And he was a starter in uh, the 2020 Euro Cup, scored three of their goals uh, in that tournament. So he's done uh, very well in tournaments. Um, however, he's just a likely candidate here um, but I would be shocked if he wasn't actually brought in. Mattia Botani is our possible candidate as an attacking midfielder. He got his first cap in June 2022 uh, and didn't start any of their three remaining games, but he was subbed in for one of them uh, and on the bench for one of them. And unfortunately for him, uh, he was injured for the last match. So... Um, uh, one cap, uh, his first in 2022 there, even though he's 30 years old. And he plays for Lugano in Switzerland since 2017. Finally, we have Edemilson Fernandez. So he last appeared uh, for, the, for the Swiss in the 2021 Euro Cup. And um, 
he was with the team since 2016 and had 22 caps and two goals. He's actually only 26 years old, so a chance he might come back into the squad. He plays for Mainz in Germany since 2019 and was with West Ham in England before that, though I don't think he made much of an impression uh, uh, with them. Uh, in fact, he was loaned out in the last year uh, to Fiorentina. Uh, he didn't make the, the squad for the World Cup in 2018. He did make the preliminary squad, but uh, failed to make the final cut. And for Euro 2020, he was on the squad, but uh, he didn't see any action there, actually not even on the bench. Uh, for the first three games of that tournament. So Edemilson Fernandez uh, never really made it into the squad despite his 22 caps. And um, let's summarize the attacking midfield position. Um, so it has been uh, Shakiri actually throughout the whole period, except for the few times that the position was not used uh, in World Cup qualifying. So... Um, Shakiri again, even when the position's not used, he sometimes uh, uh, either doesn't play or plays as a, a right forward. And for forwards, we have uh, Briel Mbolo as a definite candidate. And uh, Harris Seferovic, also a, oh no, he's just a likely candidate. And Mario uh, Gavranovic as a likely candidate also. Uh, and Noah Akapor uh, also as a likely uh, possible candidate. We have Cedric Itten, uh, Andy Zagiri, uh, Zeki Amduni, and then uh, one possible but unlikely uh, candidate in Dan Ndoye. So a few players to go through here. So we'll go back to the top with uh, Briel Mbolo. And he started six of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for two and injured for four. So just one game that he wasn't selected for. Um, yeah, that sounds a bit more like a likely candidate, but uh, we have him as a definite. Uh, Briel Mbolo... Uh, has been with Switzerland since 2015 and uh, has 58 caps and 11 goals uh, and he's 25 years old. He plays for Monaco in the French League and was with Borussia Mönchengladbach and Schalke in Germany from 2016 to 22 and he came from Basel in Brazil which was his youth club and his first club. Um, he did play for a couple of other youth clubs too actually. Uh, he was born in Cameroon but plays for uh, Switzerland. And his first tournament was the 2016 Euro Cup where he was subbed in to games one and two and then uh, got a start for game three there. He was kind of introduced in that tournament as a rising star, but uh, didn't really make an impression in that tournament. Uh, didn't score any of their three goals there. He was also a sub in the 2018 uh, World Cup. And... Um, uh, for the 2020 Euro Cup, though, he was a starter. He started all five games and uh, was injured. Um, I think that was in game five uh, there. And he scored one of their eight goals in that tournament. And he actually kind of came on towards the end of the tournament uh, there. Um, 
I'm still trying to figure out which game. Yeah, it must have been game five that he was injured in. Uh, Briel Mbolo, so a definite candidate uh, for this cup, maybe somewhere between definite and likely, because uh, likely candidate uh, Harris Seferovic actually uh, uh, is more of a starter, I think, but we'll we'll examine the position soon. Uh, Harris Seferovic started five of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was subbed in for two uh, but he was out with two separate injuries for four matches and not selected for two others. So Harris Seferovic has been with uh, Switzerland since 2013 and has 88 caps and 25 goals. So pretty good return rate there, better than Briel and Brolos. And uh, Harris Seferovic is 30 years old and he plays for uh, Benfica in Portugal, has done so since uh, 2017. However, recently he's been loaned to Galatasaray in Turkey. And uh, prior to that, played for actually quite a few teams I, uh, in Europe, Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany, Real Sociedad in Spain, and Fiorentina uh, in Italy. So has been with quite a few clubs in his uh, long career. And uh, his first tournament was the 2014 World Cup, where he um, was not a starter, but did appear in all four games and scored a glorious injury time winning goal uh, in game one, which was a 2-1 win over Ecuador. For the 2016 Euro Cup, he was a starter, uh, but he didn't score any of their goals in that cup. And uh, neither did he in the 2018 World Cup, not responsible for any of their five goals. He was a starter there for games one and two, but actually lost his starting position um, uh, there. And for Euro 2020, he was a starter, and there he finally managed to score some goals uh, in the tournament, scored three of their eight goals in that tournament. And, um, yeah, came came off looking a little better. I got to say, he hadn't made a strong impression on me as a striker. Um, uh, I mean, even despite his three goals in Euro 2020, um, uh, hasn't really uh, struck me as, as the kind of striker, the star striker that they need. Um, he missed a penalty, actually, in their World Cup qualifying. And that led to a draw with Northern Ireland. Uh, but anyway, likely to reach the cup, Harris uh, Seferovic. And we'll talk about um, who the likely starter is between him and Brolo. Uh, probably, though not, uh, Gavranovic. Uh, Mario Gravanovic, despite being a likely candidate, um, uh, doesn't seem like a starter to me. So he started only two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, but he was subbed in for four and on the bench for two and uh, actually injured for uh, two matches um, there. So I think he may have uh, not been called up for a couple of games there. Uh, Gavranovic has been with uh, Switzerland since 2011 um, and has 41 caps and 15 goals. He's 33 years old and uh, plays for Kayserispor in Turkey since 2021. He's really been around uh, a couple of clubs in um, Croatia and in Germany, um, moving over to Germany in 2010 from Iverdon Sport, which was uh, 
the club he was with in Switzerland before he left. So he was um, on the squad for the 2014 World Cup, but didn't see any action and then wasn't selected for the 2016 Euro Cup. For the 2018 uh, World Cup, he was uh, just a substitute there, didn't get any of their goals and was a substitute um, in the 2020 Euro Cup too. Um, but he did score a goal there, actually a, a crucial late equalising goal in Game Four against France, which they went uh, they went on to win on penalties. So um, Mario Gavranovic, a uh, likely candidate to make the squad at least, and finally we have Noah Akafor. So he earned his first cap uh, uh, back in 2019, actually, in a substitute appearance, but then was off the team for two and a half years and returned in November 2021 to start four of their eight remaining games, as well as subbing in for three and being on the bench for one. So once he came back, he was always selected. Noah Akafor has been with... Uh, uh, Switzerland then since 2019, but just eight caps and two goals. Uh, just 22 years old, so good injection of youth there. And uh, he plays for Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. Uh, they're in the Champions League this year. And uh, he moved to Red Bull Salzburg from Basel in Switzerland, where he also uh, finished out his youth career. He was... Um, with them for quite a while actually um okay so Noah Akafor a likely candidate and we have uh, Cedric Itton uh, Cedric Itton returned after a 12-month absence in October 2021 and didn't start any of their remaining 10 games but he was subbed in for three and on the bench for one so he's been with Switzerland since 2019 and has four caps but three goals in those four caps so um, has made the most of his time on the field there. Uh, he is 26 years old, and uh, Cedric Itten is currently with Young Boys in Switzerland, uh, returning to Switzerland from being abroad with some teams, Rangers in Scotland, and um, he was loaned to Gröther Firth in Germany there. Um, and he was uh, in Switzerland until... Uh, 2020 so actually just went abroad for a short time there he wasn't selected for the um uh 2020 euro cup and that was something of a surprise because he had been their top scorer in qualifying um and um in in for this world cup he's only a possible candidate but i think one of the possible candidates uh, oh, no, I'm mixing him up with someone else. Um, yeah, um, I was going to say one of the possible candidates who has a bit of a better chance, uh, but I, I pulled back on that comment. Uh, next, we have Andy Zagiri. Uh, he has none of their, uh, started none of their games since the 2021 Euro, but he was subbed in for seven games. Um, however, he wasn't selected for any of the last four matches. So, uh, Andy Zagiri has been with Switzerland since 2021 and has uh, seven um, seven caps, all substitute appearances, and is 23 years old. He's on the roster of uh, Brighton in England since 2020, but actually has been loaned out. Uh, so he's with Basel in Switzerland now and was also loaned to Augsburg in Germany. Uh, his uh, main club 
uh, was Lausanne Sport, uh, where he spent the first five years of his senior career. Um, okay, and Zaki Amdouni is our last uh, possible candidate. Uh, he just uh, made his first and only appearance on the bench in June 2022. So, again, a bit hard to tell with players who come in right at the end there. Uh, Zaki Amzuni is 22 years old, doesn't have any caps then, and is with Lausanne Sport in Switzerland, although he has uh, uh, been loaned to Basel in Switzerland in 2022. Finally, we have Dan Ndoye, and he is a possible but unlikely candidate. He got his first um, appearance on the bench in September 2021 and hasn't started, uh, didn't start any of their remaining 12 games. Um, oh, yes, okay, just a bench player there because uh, he was most of the time with the uh, under-21 team. So um, just one appearance on the bench. Uh, I have him as... Um, as having one cap, so I'm not sure where I got that from. Um, but he is uh, 22 years old and um, plays for Basel in Switzerland. He was actually with Nice in France from 2020 uh, to 2022. So uh, another player that we may see more of uh, in the future. All right, well, that brings us to the uh, end of forward. So we'll just finish by summarizing the position. So in the uh, Euro Cup, it was actually a two-man forward formation, and that was uh, Seferovic and Embolo. And then in the last game of the Cup, it was uh, just a single forward, and Seferovic played that role. Uh, he also played the first games of World Cup qualifying, but then he got injured and was out for, um, I think, six or six or eight games there. And uh, Mbolo became the lone forward uh, halfway through World Cup qualifying then. And uh, we did see appearances from Gavranovic and Okafor uh, in each of the last two games. Um, Mbolo and Gavranovic played in the friendlies. And then uh, Seferovic came back from his injuries for two of the Nations League games. Uh, but otherwise, uh, Mbolo uh, played as a forward and... Um, in one of those Nations League games, it was a two-man forward line, so he was joined by Okafor. So a bit of a rotation. It looks like Seferovic uh, was the first choice, but his injury kind of uh, muddied the waters a little bit there. So we do have uh, Mbolo and Okafor. Uh, not so much Gavranovic, though, um, as starting forward. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the... Um, uh, player by player section. So we're going to move on to a discussion of the squad. And at the top of the podcast, we uh, started with our uh, kind of takeaways from the podcast that we've done on Switzerland so far. And um, those were team podcasts. So our first couple of comments were focused more on the team. And I talked about them above. So I'll just kind of uh, remind here. So uh, we, we noted that they had been uh, fairly fortunate uh, in a lot of their groupings over the years in Euro Cups and in um, uh, World Cups, but, you know, especially in the last uh, 15 or so years. And um, 
But we did say, in fairness, that they are starting to challenge top teams, uh, whereas before they were pretty consistent against middling teams, but uh, uh, tended to lose when it when it came to meeting a top team. And it had been middling teams that they'd met in their groupings, which gave them uh, a bit of an advantage. But now we see them challenging top teams a little bit more. In terms of player notes, notes based on players, uh, we can say they have uh, really too many central players, especially uh, central uh, def uh, central midfielders and not enough wide players. So again, particularly true in the midfield. And it's hard to say whether the formation uh, dictates the players or the players that they have dictate the formation. Uh, we do see that they don't have a lot of players coded as outside midfielders. And the uh, long and short of this is that it uh, seems to force them into formations that play fairly centrally. So uh, not a lot of um, wing play uh, by Switzerland. But we'll have to see. I'm not particularly confident uh, in saying that because I'm not familiar enough with their play. But I will be keeping an eye out for it. Uh, in this World Cup, but uh, certainly in terms of formation, they look fairly uh, central. Uh, and finally, we have a very tight squad. Uh, we're going to see they don't have a lot of players on the slate uh, kind of coming in and out, but rather stick with a fairly small group. And that group, especially the starters, have been playing together for a long time. So I'm expecting a fairly cohesive squad. I actually think this is the reason where they uh, the reason why they have been challenging some of the top teams recently. Uh, maybe they don't have the star talent of uh, some of the other big teams in Europe, uh, but they have a cohesion uh, that some of the small teams like Wales have, where the players have been uh, playing together for a long time and basically add up to more than the sum of their parts. So another issue is they don't have a lot of new blood coming in. Uh, so they may require some renewal in the years after the Cup. However, this tight squad of players is not that old. I would say late 20s or early 30s, so uh, probably have a few years uh, left in them, uh, maybe one or two tournaments for a lot of these players. Um, anyway, a very cohesive squad there. And let's move on to talk about their club affiliation. So as I said, kind of lacking in, uh, in big star power, they do have uh, Emmanuel Akanji with a, a big club in Manchester City, but he's not really a starter on that club. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, we'll see more um, uh, of him playing for Man United in, in the upcoming months and years. Uh, we also have Gregor Kobel for Borussia Dortmund, and I believe he's a starting keeper with them. Um, uh, I thought, uh, oh, and uh, Philip Cohn, the starting keeper also, I think, for Red Bull uh, Salzburg. So those two are backup keepers. So um, the starting keeper, uh, Jan Sommer, plays for a slightly lesser club in Borussia Mönchengladbach. And uh, there are um, um, a few of their players playing for slightly lesser clubs in Germany. So uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Eintracht Frankfurt. I would say about a third of the squad is uh, applying their trade in in um, uh, Switzerland. And again, the biggest teams there are um, uh, probably um, 
young uh, Basel, probably the biggest team there, and young boys, but not all of them play for the biggest teams. There are a couple with some of the uh, smaller teams in Switzerland, like Lugano and St. Gallen uh, and that. And otherwise, I would say it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, second to even third tier teams like Lorient and Montpellier in France, uh, Newcastle and uh, Nottingham Forest in England. And, um, uh, you know, Bologna and Torino uh, in in France. We also have uh, Brie Bolo playing for Mar uh, Monaco. <laughs> Sorry, Monaco in, uh, in um, uh, the French League and then two players playing for Red Bull Salzburg who are in the Champions League this year. Uh, okay, so that's an overview of their club affiliations. Let's move on to talk about um, some stats for the club, some stats. So if you've been listening to other podcasts, you know I'm working on some statistics and they're pretty rough, but uh, hopefully I'll develop them over time. But one of the stats I have is the total number of candidates uh, on the plate for, for the teams. And on the graphic here, I have total players called up since 2020, but it should be since 2021. So that kind of gives us an idea of how many players they're dealing with. At the upper end, we have teams like uh, Ecuador, USA, and Mexico, who have around 65 players on their plate. And um, at the lower end, we have teams like Belgium and um uh, Denmark and uh, Argentina, surprisingly, and Wales, who have fewer numbers, around 45. Uh, so Switzerland is very low here, kind of confirming the tight squad uh, note that I had above. 43 for Switzerland. Uh, so that's, you know, a fairly small number to be dealing with. They may have to, as I said, bring in more players after the Cup uh, and stuff. But it kind of, it seems to be enough, except for uh, outside midfielders, maybe they need to add. I wouldn't be surprised if they um, try out a couple. Well, I might be a bit surprised because I think that they're just accepting it and kind of going with the more central formation, uh, like the 4-2-3-1 that they favor. Uh, okay, in terms of total players under consideration then, uh, oh, I should just finish with the uh, total number of candidates there. So. 43 for uh, Switzerland, and the average is 49.5. So uh, quite a few less candidates on the table than most teams. Uh, in terms of candidates kind of under consideration, current consideration, we look at the definite, likely, and possible candidates. So they're the ones really who have been playing uh, recently. And that's 35 uh, for Switzerland, and the average is uh, 33, so actually um, a bit more than most. We did see a number of possible candidates there. Um, so it, it, it seems to be like the players they use, um, uh, they use fairly regularly, and that's supported by the last uh, one, the total players in the definite and likely category. And surprisingly, they are... Uh, the highest of all teams with 25. So they've pretty much decided on their World Cup squad here because they only bring 26 to the Cup. So if they use all of their players in the definite and likely category, uh, they would only have to add one from the possible category. Uh, of course, there may be a couple of players who are injured, a couple of players in good form at the very end. 
uh, that, that may change that. But basically, I think this is going to be true where uh, there won't be any big surprises with Switzerland. We'll see uh, almost all of the, pos uh, the definite and likely candidates and maybe uh, two or three uh, unexpected candidates. We'll move on to talk about their age, average age. Well, I've been saying 25 to 27 is average. Uh, normally, I think uh, I think of 27 as being slightly older, uh, but in this World Cup uh, so far, judging by my stats, 27 is close to average. The average is 26.8. So um, compared to most teams, uh, no, not a particularly old squad. So as I say, this tight and cohesive squad does seem to have a few years left in its legs. And uh, if we look specifically, their oldest player is 33 years old. So uh, most teams have a couple of players who are older than that. They do have a number of players who are over 30, though. So uh, 10, no, it's 11 players who are 30 or older. But as we saw, uh, not much older than 30. So early 30s, a good age, actually, for uh, a balance of experience and, and um, you know, still young enough. To play at the other end, they don't have a lot of players who are very young, either. Just three players who are, who are 22 or younger. Uh, the biggest of them would be Noah Okafor. Uh, the others have uh, kind of barely made their way into the squad, and um, that was that's kind of true of uh, the, all the players who are 24 or younger, apart from Ruben Vargas and Noah Okafor. So. Um, yeah, age not an issue. I think beginning to see 27 as kind of a good age uh, for a balance of experience and freshness. Uh, the average number of caps is 33.1. Um, so actually, that is quite a bit below other teams. Uh, so they do kind of... Um, no, sorry, it's not. It's above uh, 29.6 is the average. So again, good... Uh, uh, good experience with the squad and uh, more experience than uh, the average squad. Uh, in terms of goals, they have 128 goals uh, across all of those uh, players. That would be their definite, likely impossible players. The statistics doesn't mean much in itself um, until we talk about this statistic, the goals per player. And so uh, I've calculated this into a percentage and it's 12.1%. So that is a bit low because the average is 13.5%. And um, the very lowest there is 11.2%. Uh, sorry, just 11.0% uh, Japan and uh, South Korea at 11.6%. Those are teams that are notable for uh, kind of having difficulty scoring. So a bit of a problem, I would say, for Switzerland. Um, uh, um, uh, needing uh, a few more goals. I'll just kind of finish this by going over the percentages for some of the players. So I said uh, in the podcast that they don't really have a star striker. Uh, actually, Green and Bolo's percentage is uh, a little low. Uh, he uh, is at 19 point, uh, just 19%, which is not great for a forward. 11 goals in 58 games. Uh, Hans Seferovic, the other forward, has a pretty good ratio at 28.4. Uh, not outstanding, but 25 goals in 88 games. Uh, as I said, he's never 
uh, really struck me that much uh, in tournaments. Uh, so uh, I would still argue they don't really have a star striker. Um, actually, Cedric Itin with four goals in seven games is uh, 57%, but we usually don't count. Uh, we usually don't look at it unless it's under 20 games because, uh, well, who was the player with three goals in four games um, uh, that we looked at during players um i can't find him here but you know uh he's not going to keep up a 75 percent ratio like that so uh again um steven zuber is also uh 19 which is not bad for a right attacking midfielder and zurdan shakiri is actually probably their main scorer with uh, 26 goals in 108 games so he's at 24 percent uh which is quite good for uh, a midfielder but you know a star striker is usually uh, it should be around 30%, I would say. And um, um, they do get kind of goals from all over the field, but I, I maintain that uh, they're not a high-scoring team and could uh, benefit from finding a star striker or someone to put the goal, ball in the goal more reliably. Okay, let's move on to players and issues to watch. So actually not a lot with uh, Switzerland. These are kind of uh, minor quibbles. So in central defense um is it unsettled or is it a rotation uh we saw actually that it was quite settled in the early part of the period in the cup uh with the kanji and um Elvedi and shar kind of rotating but then we saw um central midfielder Frey come into the fray and Comert also a little bit. So uh, by the end for the Nations League games, we kind of had those five players uh, rotating, which seems a bit uh, a bit too confusing. Um, however, we do uh, we have seen that teams are kind of rotating players more than in the past when they had just two starters uh, starting every game, and that may be what they're doing here. They certainly don't lack the personnel. But um, I wonder if there's, uh, if it's a bit unsettled or whether that's a strategy. Um, also, in terms of the overall formation, uh, I don't know why I put this in defense, actually, but uh, um, uh, maybe uh, because they started with a three-man defense for four games in, in the Euro Cup uh, and then uh, went to a four-man back line, then they stuck with the four-man back line. But in terms of the midfield and, and uh, other formations, they, they were pretty reliably using a 4-2-1-3. And then in the Four Nations League games in June, uh, tried out two formations besides, a 4-4-2 a and a 4-3-3. A three, three. So uh, that was a bit confusing. And I wonder if it's wise to kind of make a lot of changes uh, um, when they don't have a lot of games before the cup to get used to those changes uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in uh, september here in the central midfield uh, we did notice that they really have too many central midfielders uh, but then we saw it's those central midfielders who kind of play uh, out wide although they don't use a lot of wide players so um uh, when it was a two-man midfielder it was uh, shared uh by Freuler and Zacher, and then uh, sometimes Zachariah coming in as the third man, but more recently Idrissa So, uh, so uh, taking that role. So again here, a steady cast, uh, but a bit of rotation um, making us wonder 
again if if that's kind of a strategic rotation or just uh, un, uh, indecision about who the real starters are. Again, these are kind of minor quibbles. Uh, probably one of the more major quibbles is few wingers, which forces uh, them to play more centrally. I've talked about that above. And um, not enough midfield candidates in general. Uh, uh, in a lot of the positions, we only had one player there so they could use a few more. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, tried a couple out in, in the upcoming games. But again, maybe kind of too late to introduce new players. So they'll probably just go with their more central players. And uh, certainly they have enough uh, 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 enough to um, uh, bring to the cup. Just uh, I wonder if there are injuries and stuff, whether they uh, really have enough to back that up. Finally, an attack uh, following on to what I said above. Uh, more goals, please. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. A little thin on storing. Don't really have a star striker, uh, but they, they seem to get by. Okay, let's move on and talk about new injured and notable absences. And I've actually decided to limit this to uh, basically definite or likely players, uh, unless there is a... Uh, possible player who seems uh, kind of significant, in other words, has been on the field, uh, you know, uh, during our player-by-player by player discussion, uh, for example. So, uh, actually, um, Switzerland don't have that many, but uh, significantly we have Jakin Murat, the manager. Uh, he is new to the team since 2021, so we'll look at the outgoing manager uh, in the notable absences there. Uh, section and uh, the only other player who we have as a definite candidate though not a starter uh, is Michelle Abisher so uh, a kind of a central midfielder he's coded at and has only played a couple of games as a left or right defensive kind of midfielder um, uh, he is new to the squad and um, up front we have uh, Noah Okafor who we consider a likely candidate. He's worked his way into the squad and um, he's just 22 years old. And finally, we have uh, goalkeeper Philip Cohn, who uh, is just a possible candidate, but um, um, yeah, and he might not make it to the cup, but he does seem to be the starting keeper for Red Bull Salzburg who will be playing in the Champions League. So I wonder if he'll kind of move up in the pecking order. Mind you, he has got a pretty stiff competition in front of him there. And uh, that's it. I mean, some of the possible players are new, but they haven't really broken into the squad in terms of a starting position. And um, uh, once again, testament to how tight and cohesive the squad are. As I said, they've been playing together for uh, quite a while. So uh, not easy to break into that squad. Uh, these players will come through more when uh, that squad starts to retire, I suppose. Uh, in terms of injuries, uh, not a big problem for Switzerland. Um, Gregor Kobel, the goalkeeper, um, who's the, uh, I believe, the starting keeper for Borussia Dortmund there, um, uh, is injured. Uh, he's out with a torn muscle fiber. And um, I'm not sure when that happened uh, exactly, but he was out for a few September games with his club there. But uh, 
um, he's expected to be back before the World Cup. So uh, I don't think that's going to be a big problem, although torn muscle fiber doesn't sound too good. Uh, we also mentioned in the Player by Play podcast, uh, Matthew Botani, kind of a bench player who's just a possible candidate. And uh, he was injured for the games in June 2022. But I see that he's back playing for his club um, uh, over the summer. So um, not a problem there. All right, so all that's left here um, is the notable absences. So um, kind of um, uh, converse to Yakin Murat being the new manager, the outgoing manager, Vladimir Petkovic, uh, managed them through the Euro 2016, World Cup 2018, and Euro 2020, where they passed the group stage every time, uh, even beating France in, in the uh, round of 16 of Euro 2020 to reach the quarterfinals. So uh, was a good manager for them, but now has made way for Murat Yakin. Um, we have uh, Valon Bayrami, who we introduced in the player-by-player, player, a central midfielder with 83 caps. Uh, he actually retired uh, before the Euro um, last appeared in the World Cup 2018. But we are going back um, a little bit here because there are uh, some some fans who follow the team kind of from World Cup to World Cup. So they may remember him from the 2018 World Cup. Um, Stefan Lichtensteiner, uh, the right back, uh, who was with the team from 2006 to 19 and had 108 caps. He was the captain. Uh, he also wasn't um, around for the Euro 2020, but was the captain and starter in the 2018 World Cup and prior. Blerum uh, Desmaili, uh, central midfielder who was a starter in the 2018 World Cup and 2016 Euro Cup, uh, also uh, didn't uh, make it to the Euro 2020, so just a player that some will remember from the uh, World Cup. Uh, I was uh, almost introducing this guy in the player-by-player -player podcast, Admir Mehmedi, and uh, despite his 76 caps, uh, never kind of really worked his way into the team, just the Euro 2016 where he was a starter. But he was around from 2011 to 21 and was uh, kind of a substitute in the two world, uh, no, sorry, in the, uh 2014 world cup he was injured for the 2018 cup but uh was also substitute in euro 2020 um just a familiar name um i guess johan juru uh 76 caps and was with the team from 2006 to 2018 again not necessarily a starter all the way but he was in the 2014 world cup and 2016 euro cup and uh his last tournament was the 2018 world cup and finally, uh, Joseph Dermich uh, went off in search of an extra vowel for his name. He uh, was actually never really uh, integrated fully into the squad, was a starter in the 2014 World Cup and uh, just a substitute in the 2018 World Cup, but was a player they kind of relied on for goals. And uh, he did actually have a scoring percentage of uh, over 33%. So, um, 
they perhaps miss him in terms of uh, in terms of goals, though he was never fully integrated into the squad. So all of those players uh, listed in grey, meaning that they are retired, uh, a darker grey, and players who have never played in a tournament listed in lighter grey. Uh, there, like the new ones that we introduced uh, there. And this is only relevant for YouTube watchers, so I'll stop yammering on about it. And we're going to finish with the predicted starter. So we'll just run through the squad quickly again and uh, and uh, basically name the most of the major players and the, um, uh, the ones who we think are going to start. So uh, Vladimir Petkovic, the manager, is out. Uh, so I'll put him in red there. And uh, in red, um, highlights, yikes. Um, and uh, Murat Yakin is in. So we'll call Murat Yak uh, Yakin a starter because he's the one who will take them through the cup. In terms of goalkeepers, we have definite candidates Jan Sommer and Jonas Omlin and likely candidate Gregor Kobel. And I'll mention Philip Cohn as a possible candidate because I wouldn't be shocked to see him um, uh, move into uh, uh, make the squad. Uh, but anyway, Jan Sommer is the clear starter there, uh, at least for the time being. I think um, the others will take over probably after the cup i'm guessing uh in terms of central defenders we have kind of a rotation at the back there and actually the most consistent starters have been uh, manuel akanji and uh, nico alvedi although i do think it'll be a bit of a rotation and i think baby and sharp will get a couple of starts uh there especially if they go deeper into the tournament so uh, that's where i stand on that one uh, the other candidate we have is E. Ray Comert as a definite candidate, actually, but uh, not as a starter. Uh, he's been um, uh, called up to the squad, but hasn't actually earned that many starts. As a left back, uh, there's really no one other than Ricardo Rodriguez. Um, and uh, Ulysses Garcia, who came back after a four-year absence, uh, is a likely candidate. Uh, but really hasn't earned any starts and is certainly not challenging Ricardo Rodriguez for the position. In fact, when Rodriguez is out, uh, uh, when Rodriguez is out, uh, it's uh, a right back who comes in to replace him. So uh, Ulysses Garcia, a bit far from the starting lineup there. And those right backs are um, definite candidate Sylvan Widmere and possible candidates Kevin Mbabu and Jordan Latomba. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them made it. And in fact, uh, despite Mbabu uh, being just a possible candidate, I think he missed a few of the last games. They have been rotating uh, the position uh, all the way since the Euro Cup. So I think that will continue and both of them will get starts. But I would nod uh, Sylvan Vidmir as uh, a slightly more likely there. Uh, defensive midfielders, we have quite a few. Um, uh, possible candidate Denny Zachariah does see some field time. And we have definite central midfielders, Remo Froiler, Granite Jacka, and Jabril Fra uh, Sau, as well as likely candidate Fabian Frau. So I'm going to actually uh, nominate all three of those central midfielders as starters. 
uh, because some of them will play kind of a left midfielder, right midfielder. Uh, Xhaka maybe a bit more an advanced role. Uh, I think they like to have them on the field. And Jabril Sow is a bit versatile, um, uh, sometimes even playing um, in positions outside of the centre midfield there. So, um, yes, uh, that's that. And... Uh, Defensive midfielders, they don't really use the position, nor do they use the position uh, of left winger that much, although Ruben Vargas does play as a left winger or a left attacking midfielder. So I'm going to use my hedging colour and say that uh, Ruben Vargas will get some starts. Uh, but uh, a bit of a rotation there with Steven Zuber. I think Steven Zuber, the left attacking midfielder, uh, is more likely than Vargas uh, to be a starter. But I'll, I'll kind of put those two in a rotation because I think uh, both of them will get starts. Uh, not so much on the right side where I think Renato Stefan is a starter. And there's not a real challenge to his position unless it comes from one of the forwards, actually. So Steve, uh, Renato Stefan, a definite candidate, who I think will make it. Um, attacking midfielders, we have Zerdan Shakiri as a likely starter. Uh, and I really only put him down to likely because, uh, well, he didn't start all the games, but he's also with Chicago Fire in the USA. And um, I, just, I just feel like the Europeans are a bit Eurocentric that way and they uh, lose respect for players when they go uh, to play uh, abroad in other continents. So um, uh, I hope that doesn't happen. And maybe Shakiri uh, will blast through that. I do see him as a starter here because he's, he's one of their top scorers. Uh, so they'll find room for him probably as a central attacking midfielder. Really, no other strong candidates in that position, just players who have uh, been on the bench. Uh, as far as forwards go, we have uh, Briel Mbolo as a definite, and uh, Harris Seferovic, uh, Mario Gavronovic, and Noah Okafor as likely. Um, and, hmm, what will I say here? Um, I'd say Seferovic, uh, he got injured for a while, so he kind of dropped off. He was the starter before that. But I don't know if he's going to come back into a starting position. So uh, without getting into too much discussion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge and nominate them all uh, as, uh, as sometime starters. Actually, not Gavronovic. Uh, I think uh, Okafor will be ahead of Grafanovic in the starting order. Uh, so I think, but I really do think all of them will get some starts. And uh, if I had to nominate a starter, I'd probably go with uh, Seferovic there. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, podcast. So um, keep in mind that we'll be doing an update as soon as new information comes out. And that will probably be in early November when the teams will be uh, publishing squad lists. So uh, I won't repeat our address. I'll just say uh, check the show notes if you want to. Uh, all the information you need, we've been improving that. And there are links to our websites and previous podcast series. Thanks for listening. And I hope to see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>